0: just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah.
1: Pop the popcorn, put on your comfiest pajamas, and grab a drink, because it's time for a new episode of Sierra Unfiltered. Hello everyone and welcome back to I think this is episode 37 of Sierra Unfiltered. Hey Sky.
0: Hey friend. How's it and hey friends, plural. How's yes. it going, everybody? Uh I'm doing I'm doing
1: okay. I've I've been yeah. kind of nauseous on and off, and Skylar and I were talking about this before we started recording, but for the past like almost a month now I think it's been like three and a half weeks and it's like coming and going so I think I'm finally mm-hmm. gonna like go into the doctor in a couple days and get a blood test and see if any of like my I'm like deficient in anything or my levels are off so I've been laying low the past couple days re-watching Dance Moms watching Avatar <laughs> the Last Airbender when I get bored of Dance Moms and vice versa <laughs> living the good life
0: a little bit of gossip girl thrown in there what about you? I'm good. I feel like it definitely feels like a Friday mm-hmm. in that I'm ready for a weekend and it's a three-day three-day weekend, which is really exciting. I feel like it's a little bittersweet because we aren't doing anything particularly fun on a three-day weekend. Like Kyle was talking and we were like, normally I feel like we would try and go to Solving or Big Bear or... Do even if it was just like driving up for the day, like we would try and do some sort of getting together with family and that's just kind of not possible this year. Um, And so I feel like that's a little bit of a bummer, but Kyle not working for three days is great. Yeah.
1: Do you guys have any big plans
0: at home for the three day weekend? Not really. I have, um, I'm picking up a plant tomorrow, which is very Ooh. exciting. I'm doing like curbside pickup of a plant <laughs> that I ordered like over a week ago. So that's very exciting. We had this plant on the wall that like, Wow, well, this is a really morbid way to start out the podcast. But it's where we buried my hamster's ashes. And that's the only plant in our house that's like ever really died. And so (laughs) it was really, really depressing to look at. I'm
1: sorry for laughing.
0: (laughs) No, it's kind of funny. And so I was like, I need to figure out how to do like curbside pickup or like order another plant online. Because like to see all these like plants in my house just thriving. And then the one where like my dead hamster is buried just like Dead, brown drooping. Well, because I feel like when you bury sad. when
1: you bury the ashes and and plant something, the idea of being like, oh, and it's it's breathing new life yes. into this organism. And I remember as a kid, like when my first pet died, we like planted roses, and those were like our dog Annie's roses. And I remember yeah. my mom being like, and the every day when you look at these beautiful blooming roses, you can remember your dog. and you just have to look at the dead plant. I know,
0: I know. it was horrible. That's so. horrible. So we're picking that up tomorrow. We're picking up a new CO2 canister for my soda stream, Ooh. which is exciting because I haven't been able to like make ginger ale for a week or two now. Um, but yeah, that's, that's about it. What about you? Do you have uh, any pop-in plans? No big plans. I didn't even know
1: it was a three-day weekend until Stephen told me a couple days ago. He was like, oh, what, what are our plans for the weekend? And I was like, well, I, on Saturday, I have some work to do. I was thinking on Sunday, we could like do stuff around the house and then Monday back to work. And he was like, well, Monday, I don't have work. And I was like, well, then I will clear my schedule and we will have a pool day.
0: Aw, that would be so much fun. Yeah. So I think that's oh. our plan. Is, is it so nice now that you guys have a pool? Oh, yeah. It, and that can be like your plan for the day. Like, I wouldn't be like, I'm going to have a patio day. Where we're going to sit out on the patio in the heat. All
1: day. <laughs> Well yeah it was so great once when we moved in it was still pretty cold so we were using the jacuzzi a lot and then it got pretty warm and so I had like a period of like I think three or four days where it was like every day I was hopping in the pool after my walk and then the pool pump broke and then it got fixed about I think a week ago so this past week has been really nice because it's hot and we can use the pool and now coming up on like a three-day weekend I think it'll be really nice.
0: Oh, I'm so excited for you guys! You'll have Thanks. to send me videos of you listening to like country music, and I will <laughs> hanging out poolside. Before <sighs> we hopped on the podcast, Stephen was singing
1: TikTok songs, and Skylar was like, "Stephen, you've been watching a lot of TikTok."
0: You know, I feel like that's just that's what it is.
1: I feel like half, quarantine is for half a lot the of songs people. I know are just TikTok songs.
0: Yeah, I know. I haven't, I surprisingly haven't been on TikTok really at all this week. But usually that's like Kyle and I. I feel like there isn't that much good TV out right now. And so we have like a couple of shows that we watch every week, like RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't know what else. I feel like there are a couple other ones on right now. But on nights when we don't have stuff, we'll like put Milo to bed and do his whole bedtime routine. And then we'll just lay in bed and watch TikTok for an Aww. hour or two. But I feel like this week we has just been crazy. And I've have, been deprived of my TikTok. Speaking of TV shows that you watch, have you been keeping up with
1: Listen to Your Heart? I have. Okay. Did you watch the finale? No. Okay, so here's the thing. I watched all the episodes up until like the live point. And I think yeah. it was like the first four episodes. And Skylar and I were texting about it. And then I like forgot about the show. Like it just was so insignificant <laughs> to me that I just forgot it existed until I think an hour before we hopped on the podcast, I actually saw a TikTok about it, and then I was like, "Oh my gosh, I haven't watched any of this." So oh tonight, gosh. after the podcast, I will put Avatar: The Last Airbender on hold and binge <laughs> all the rest of Listen to Your Heart, and we can talk about wow. it in the next podcast.
0: I like that Avatar is your and Kenzie's thing, and Listen to Your Heart is our <laughs> yes. things. <laughs> when, like, Listen to Your Heart is, like, maybe the worst show of all time. But, like, we on It's it's kind so of. bad, it's good. And that's yeah. my favorite kind of TV. I was so excited today because I love the Chatty Broads podcast. I'm sure I've talked about it on here before. And they were teasing that they were going to have a really good guest for this Friday. And they've never had anyone from ABC before because, like, certain podcasts are greenlit by ABC for, like, people that are contracted like under them in the oh, bachelor franchise to go more them. No of them. yeah so they never get anyone and then they had ryan and natasha on Whoa. i was so excited well i bet natasha Love was ryan. a great interview yeah she was it was <laughs> very fascinating uh i'm excited for you to watch the finale you'll yeah. have to text me after you do i will i'll live text it's, you as i'm watching it sadly i would say it's maybe the least exciting finale i've ever watched of any show in my entire life <laughs> But you know,
1: I feel like you need that closure in yeah. your life. No, for sure. I I can't just start listening to your heart and and not finish it. That wouldn't be listening to well, my heart. Apparently, you could. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> that was kind of the game plan. I just ne- well, I never thought about it again. Like you know how a lot of the times you watch a show and then you're like, the rest of the week you're like, oh man, I can't wait for the next episode. Yes. I mean, me with Survivor, of course. But like, listen to your heart just never entered my like zeitgeist again. <laughs>
0: no I understand that I'm I'm very interested to see what they do with RuPaul's finale have Mm -hmm. you have you been watching this season at all no where where does it air because I don't have tv
1: and so I I watched all the old seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race but I haven't watched any of like the past two or three because I don't know where to watch them
0: we watch it on the VH1 app on our Roku. Oh. I think we're connected to like maybe Kyle's mom's account or something. Okay. <laughs>
1: so that we have access to it.
0: Well,
1: I could we really can connect in- to like Stephen's mom's account. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, it's a really good season. I feel like it's the best season they've had in a long time. Ooh, 10 out of 10 okay. would recommend. Except for one of the contestants had a bunch of allegations come out against them. And they're in the top five four and so now they're not allowed in the finale oh I read so, about that it was sherry pie right yeah I read about so that. anyways <laughs>
1: do we want to get started <laughs> sure what you
0: drinking I am drinking a raspberry rose cider Ooh. just going for it today I have what a about you? hibiscus LaCroix so cheers Ooh, <laughs> we're kind of like in the same flavor palette realm.
1: Yeah and I don't even have a mug today because I forgot to Um, wash it after last time so it's just sitting
0: in the sink. (laughs) It happens. It happens. Ah, Well today we're going to be talking about body positivity which I feel like is something that's so near and dear to both of our hearts and we've both been on I mean we've obviously been on lifelong body positivity journeys but I feel like especially in the last couple months with Everything that happened with your miscarriage and everything that's happened to me postpartum and pregnancy, I I feel like we have a lot to talk about. Yeah,
1: I feel like I've had a lot of little and big breakthroughs that I haven't really talked about because yeah, I don't know. I feel like there hasn't been a time where I've just kind of sat down and thought about like, okay, how has my personal journey, my personal views of my body changed? So I'm really excited to do that today and also just hear from you about like how because I'm sure I mean maybe maybe not but like I I would think that like pregnancy would probably change the
0: view of your body in some different ways do you feel like it has oh totally I mean I think I think 100% I and I think it's really cool too because I I feel like we haven't really talked about body positivity in a while and Mm -hmm. I don't think that's been intentional but I do think that's something that when we were talking about starting this podcast that was something that we were like every episode's going to be about body positivity and mental right. health. And so I think it's really cool to do these check-ins when like we've gone through some major life things that have affected these areas of our life to see kind of like how our view has shifted, any insights we've gained. And hopefully now that both you and I have gone through more life experiences, people that have gone through those experiences will like be able to kind of relate to what we're saying because before neither of us could even talk about pregnancy or and you know what I mean yeah so I'm
1: excited yeah me too I feel like I have I wrote down a few little things in my phone that were like mini breakthroughs and then also Mm -hmm. I just kind of want to like chat and yeah we can kind of go from there but is there anything like right off the bat that you feel like has really changed in the way that you view your body just over the past months or even a year pregnancy Mm -hmm. postpartum
0: um, I think I'm I'm trying to think if there's like one big overarching thing. I I think that I've always been a pretty spiritual person, um, even though I'm not religious. And so I think I've always tried to have kind of a disconnect from who I am as Skylar versus like this is the body that I'm in. Cause I think a lot of times those things can become synonymous for people of like <laughs> like this is Skylar. I am a five foot four, like I don't know blonde blue haired blue haired blue eyed (laughs) girl and this is my pant size and this is my bra size and this is who I am and so I think I've I've really always kind of tried to separate like no Skylar is like hopefully a kind empathetic theater loving plant loving Disney loving person and like this is the body I'm in which I like want to love and take care of and And I I want to be around on this planet for as long as I can. So I want to make healthy choices. Um, But trying to think of those as two separate entities. And now that my body has created life, I feel like I have a lot more appreciation for it. And the things that it's capable of. Whereas I feel like before I I pretty much only thought of it as like an aesthetic thing. And I feel like that's kind of bad to say. But I think that's the truth of it is... You know, I would like put cute clothes on my body. And I don't know. Now I think of my body as something that can do, do things. things. Right. And like I've and I also just want to say I am an able bodied person and I appreciate that I've been able to go on walks and I'm able to move my body. And I think I, I didn't even have really that basic level of appreciation before. Um, and so I, I'm really glad that I've kind of been enlightened in that way. Yeah, I think it's it's a
1: weird thing because I do think growing up, I never was taught like you should love your body because it can help you do all these things that you want to do. It was always mm-hmm. kind of appearance-based. Like it was never you should, you should love your body because it helps you play soccer and you like playing soccer. It helps you do theater and you like doing theater. It was like you should like your body because it looks good or because mm-hmm. you're trying to make it look a certain way. And so I think just kind of like – growing up and maturing and also like learning to value my body in a different way I started to realize that like so much of what we're taught about our bodies is just like thinness and like I think I think it was Megan Tongis she tweeted something that was like a breakthrough for me but it was like we treat thinness as an achievement unlocked and I thought that was very interesting because when we're talking about our bodies in the sense of like what do they help us do we very rarely we very rarely focus on like what they actually can help us do versus like what they look like. And so I really like the conversation of like why do I love my body and it not just being like aesthetic things. Like you can mm-hmm. love your body because it helped you to grow your son and it helped mm-hmm. you to become a mother and it helped you to do all these things that you wanted to do. And so I think it's it becomes this like next level kind of body positivity when you start valuing your body on that versus – and I do think it's still really important to say like – I love my hips or I love this aspect of me and you can love those things just on like an aesthetics point of view but I think also taking it that step further and be like I love my body because and something not just aesthetics.
0: Yeah well and I think I think the thing that really stuck with me that I've been trying to work towards recently is um oh my gosh how am I blanking on her name um she has the I weigh account Jamila Jamil Mm -hmm. um she has kind of coined the term body neutrality mm-hmm. and so kind of that idea that it doesn't always have to be i i love my thighs and i love my stomach and i love everything but like i'm okay with yeah. it and and it's not going to disrupt my day because i do think that i mean i am someone who has struggled with like eating disorders and body dysmorphia in the past and we don't have to get into it but I think that for a long time I was working towards this, like, I'm not body positive until I, like, look in the mirror and I'm like, I love my stomach. I love my arms. And hopefully someday I can get there. But I think especially going through everything that is pregnancy, everything that is postpartum, for me right now what's important is waking up and being like, you know what? Like, I'm breastfeeding my son. He is literally, like, his only food supply is my boobs. (laughs) And... Like, for me to look in the mirror and think negative things about my boobs is just ridiculous, you know? Like, who cares about the aesthetics of them right now? I shouldn't, you know? And so I think that kind of idea of... Like, yes, it's wonderful and great if we can all get to a place where it's I love this, I love that. But if that's not your reality and I think that working to a place where it's not I hate yeah, is a step in the right direction.
1: And I think it's good to acknowledge that because I do think, at least for me, when I first started getting into the body positive community, it sometimes felt overwhelming because I felt like I was so behind and like there yeah. was just so much ingrained into my brain that I would never be able to get past and I would never be able to get to the point that I saw these body positive influencers at where they really genuinely loved their stomach and their thighs and anything else that was considered imperfect and so I I think yes that is the ideal and I would love for everyone to be able to get to that place but I think also acknowledging that like it's okay to just get to the place where you're like I am okay with my body I am okay with with my stomach my thighs etc I think that's a really important step and that's what I tell people a lot when I get dms that are like I really want to become more body positive but I can't even get past the point of hating my body is like Mm -hmm. just start with my body is okay and work from there
0: yeah I mean I think that I think that body positivity is obviously for everyone I think it's for everyone at every size everyone in any gender that you identify with, any age that you are. Like, it it really truly is for anyone and everyone. But I do feel like, especially as women, um, we have a lot of kind of societal pressures and ideals thrown at us. And men do too. Um, but I think as young girls, it really is engraved in us. And not just through media, but through aunts and grandmas and sometimes mothers of you know, even just their comments about their own bodies that you pick up on and kids are so, I don't know, impressionable that I I think a lot of times those things really stick with you and it's unfortunate.
1: Absolutely. And I think there's an element of that that like we can hopefully look at and say like I, even if you can't talk positively about, even if you can't think 100% positively about yourself when you're around like the younger generation being like, I am going to actively stop myself from saying those things about myself because I don't want to impress that onto the next generation. And I've, like, never been more, I guess, like, emotional about, like, body positivity than when Kenzie asked me to be Harlan's godmother. And she was like, I want my daughter to look at someone and see the positive things about themselves and them. And that was, like, Mm -hmm. I thought the, like, biggest compliment ever. And just that she wants her daughter to be able to have role models who say positive things about themselves so that then in turn the next generation can look at themselves and say positive things and I just that like hit me in like such the feels because I was like oh my gosh I need to be better in every way so that I can be better for her you know
0: yeah that's so sweet I love that so much I think that yeah I, I mean it's amazing there definitely are hardships that I imagine come with growing up in this age of social media and having an Instagram account when you're 12 and all of that but I do think the one positive is like young kids are getting exposed to the idea of body positivity and yeah. these kind communities and I know even they're my sister's friends and I, I know young kids that have started like body positive Instagram accounts. And, like, their whole idea is just to, like, preach positivity and inclusiveness. And and it's just so awesome because I literally cannot imagine a world <laughs> in which, like, middle schoolers and high schoolers that I went to school with were, would be doing that. Yeah. Um. And I think that really, it, it has a lot to do with social media influencers. And I think nowadays, I think certain companies are getting a lot better at being inclusive and showing representation at all sizes and so I think that the kind of social media movement is trickling into traditional media but I think it definitely was a grassroots yeah. start in social media with but people like you
1: It's so cool to think well first of all thank you and oh. I think it's so cool to to even just think about the fact that like there are kids in middle school and high school and even elementary school now who have better influences on them than we did. Because I mm-hmm. remember going on like m- wanting to go on a diet when I was like 11. And like I just mm-hmm. I hope that if I have a daughter someday or a son that they never have to think about themselves that way. And like that shouldn't even be something that's in an 11 year old's head.
0: Yeah I mean I I completely agree. I think I don't know. There, there are so many aspects that go into it like we've talked about before of the Like, especially, I know we talked about it in, like, our pregnancy episode of trying to compliment people for things that aren't appearance-based. Yeah. Like, I think it's great to say appearance-based compliments also, you know, of, oh, your hair looks awesome today. The way you did your eyeliner is great. You're glowing. Whatever. But if you can, try and emphasize, like, you're such a good person. What you did was so nice. That was so thoughtful, you know? Right. And I I feel like those compliments – tend to reinforce a more positive thing and they show that the person is valuing you based on what you bring to the table versus like what you look like at the table (laughs) you know right so yeah have you do you feel like you have gone through any major changes in the last couple months and kind of the way that you view your body and thoughts on body positivity?
1: I think the miscarriage was a huge hurdle for me because I just it was really hard for me to look at a body that in my mind had like destroyed the thing that I wanted most and be happy with it and I actually was talking to my dietitian about this and I have to write down what she said because I thought it was just like so like such a breakthrough for me so she said the things that are happening to my body we were talking about this in terms of like pcos symptoms like i was having more acne or you know my period wasn't coming and those kind of things um and she said the symptoms that are driving you crazy are your body's way of letting you know that something isn't working and it's just trying to communicate with you and i feel like that to me was kind of a breakthrough not just in terms of pcos but also my miscarriage and that like my body wasn't Responsible for my miscarriage. Like, there was something wrong with the way that, you know, the egg and the sperm mixed together and it was developing. And, like, that's very normal. And my body had to terminate that pregnancy in order to save me, because more likely than not, that would have been something that was detrimental to me and my body. So, my body isn't this thing that's keeping me from what I want most. It's just doing what it needs to do to communicate with me and keep me safe and keep me healthy. And I feel like that kind of changed the way I think about everything, even if just like me being nauseous right now, there, I think my inclination is to be like, oh my God, so annoying. Like, why am I nauseous for no reason? And it's like, well, there's not a reason. This is my body communicating with me that there's something wrong. I'm not just nauseous for no reason. That's my body saying there's something wrong. We need to fix this. And so with PCOS and my miscarriage and – Everything I think it just made me look at the frustration a little bit differently and realize that it's just my body doing its best to protect
0: me. I think that's so awesome. I've never heard anything like that before. And I think that's just incredible. And I I feel like that message will kind of really resonate with a lot of people listening to this. And I mean, I think I one thing that I really want to stress in this podcast is – like I said before, that body positivity is for everybody. I mean, I think that when we first talked about doing this episode, I, I was thinking about it and I was like, well, now I feel like I'm in a spot where I'm like allowed to talk about it more. Um, I feel like the, the terminology on the internet has been thrown around of like, I'm a body positive ally. Not for me personally, but for other people. Because I think that there are people who are in... I don't know, I don't know what the right word is. I think that a lot of times if you are a thinner person, it feels it feels like you don't really have a place talking about body positivity and I think that's wrong. And I mean, I, what I was thinking in my brain was, Like now I have a ton of stretch marks and now I'm in postpartum and now I've gone through X, Y, and Z. So like now I'm allowed to talk about it. Whereas in reality, the time when I needed body positivity the most was probably when I was at my thinnest because now I have the resources and now I, I kind of have the perspective to realize that like. Like, my husband doesn't care. Like, my husband doesn't notice right. like what I look like. Like, he doesn't care if I, like, brush my hair or my teeth in the morning, right. let alone, like, what size I am. Um, and so I just, I think that a lot of times, I don't know, it. this idea that... You can only be a part of this community once you've like gone through a major surgery or you are postpartum or you're plus size. I think that those people are in bodies that are what's the right word, Sierra? I know I the guess word marginalized. I just can't think of it. That's the word I'm thinking yeah. of. If you're in a marginalized body or if you're in a marginalized body, then you can talk about body positivity. But I just kind of wanted to emphasize that. I think I needed it the most when I was at my thinnest because that's when I was the most insecure. That's when I was really going through it and felt like I didn't have those resources or that community. I think one of the really
1: interesting things too is there tends to be this attitude of like if a thin person says they're insecure it's like what do you have to be insecure about or all the time I'll see on Twitter someone will quote tweet like a photo of you know a thin girl and say if I had this body my depression would be cured or if I had this body I'd never wear clothes or whatever and it's like no you wouldn't like everyone still has insecurities and you don't work through insecurities by just having a thin body You have to do the mental work as well and that's why a lot of the times when people are like oh you know I want to lose weight to be more confident it's like I'm never going to sit here and tell someone whether they should or should not lose weight that's very much their individual choice but I will say you can't just expect for all of your problems to be fixed because you lost weight there has to be mental work that's done and you can do that mental work with or without losing weight and they don't have to go hand in hand. And I think especially when I was in late high school, early college, I had this idea of I'm going to lose weight so then I will be confident. I'm going to lose weight so then I will wear a swimsuit and it was very much that achievement unlocked of once I'm thin then I will be this and that's just not the way the human brain works at all. (laughs) And so I think the mental work is the most important part and there very much is this attitude of like thin people don't deserve or thin people have no right to be insecure when the reality is I was
0: my most insecure when I was at my thinnest because I didn't do any of the mental work. Totally. Yeah. I mean I completely agree with that sentiment. I just I think that I mean even what we've talked about with your channel is that I, I mean, I remember us multiple times saying like it would be so great if like a dad in the Midwest found your videos, right? <laughs> who really needed to hear that message, right? Because I, I I think that it really is something that affects everybody, and I don't know. I I don't want to take the spotlight away from people who are in marginalized bodies who who do have to deal with that oppression and that lack of representation, and I think I think that is a huge huge struggle. But I just want to say that the body positive community is an inclusive one and you're welcome no matter what size you are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's something that is important to acknowledge. And also I think what you said is really important about like there's room for everyone in the body positive community, but it's also really important to acknowledge like the struggles that marginalized bodies have in that way. And I think there can be – you can still – be an inclusive welcoming community that says yes then people have insecurities too and also acknowledge like the different struggles that women of color have and queer women and plus size women and disabled women and and there can be both you know.
0: Yeah absolutely I mean do you think that having a platform and being so vocal about body positivity has changed your thoughts on it in any ways?
1: I think it's made me more aware of people with other experiences. And I think the more, like, kind of the wider vision that we have and the wider scope we have, the better, because the more we can understand people from different backgrounds. Speaking of having a platform and having, like, of different views on body image one of my biggest breakthroughs over the past couple months actually came from taylor swift's documentary did you watch that
0: me too i loved
1: it so much there was that part where she's sitting in the car and she's talking about how she used to look at press photos of herself and critique everything about her body and you know read these articles talking about how she's gained weight and she's done this or that or her body looks wrong And I just loved what she said she was like sometimes I'll catch myself going to do that and I just say nope we don't do that anymore we know exactly where that got us and we don't do that anymore. And I felt like that was so powerful, especially for someone who also has you know, a a much smaller platform than Taylor Swift, but still faces a lot of like I face a lot of public scrutiny and people criticizing my body and my appearance. And Sometimes I will find like those comments getting to me and I love I just hear that little Taylor Swift voice in the back of my mm-hmm. head that's like, Nope, we don't do that anymore. We don't do that. And I think it it it's just so simple but so powerful. And I've I've caught myself a couple times going to that negative headspace and then nope, not anymore. Not doing that.
0: I love that so much. That makes me so happy for you. I think Yeah the internet is a weird hard place and I think it's one of those things where again like you were saying with people in thin bodies I think oftentimes people look at influencers and think like oh you have nothing to complain about like you have x many followers and you have this that and the other when in reality I don't think people often grasp how hard it can be to have over a million people constantly looking at you and some of those people being unkind or just flat out horrible in some instances and I mean I just I applaud you and that makes me so happy to hear that that like part of the documentary resonated with you and that you've been able to apply that to your life yeah I think
1: that can be something that's helpful for everyone like regardless of if you're Taylor Swift or not because I think we all get into those negative spirals sometimes and I think just being able to catch yourself at the beginning and be like nope we don't do this anymore reminding yourself where that got you in the past which at least for me was not a positive place and I think just having that that vision of being able to stop yourself before you really downward spiral is huge.
0: Yeah I mean and I think that I know, at least for me personally, it's an everyday journey. It's not something where I just, like you've said, kind of unlocked the next level of body positivity. <laughs> and now it's like, I love my body all the time and I never have any thoughts or negative thoughts about it. Right. I think it's something I'm constantly working on. and. I mean even yesterday two days ago I was doing like a baby Broadway class with Milo and I was just recording him on the side like just for me for my home videos and I noticed that like you could see my stretch marks in the angle that I was at and so I like very quickly was trying to like rearrange everything and I had this moment where I was like how do dumb of me (laughs) like I now I'm not paying attention to my son now I'm focusing on like the angle of this camera first of all this is just for a home video like I'm always going to remember that I had these stretch marks second of all these stretch marks came because I made this beautiful human that I love so much right and like even if they didn't why does it matter right you know and so I think there were there were so many layers to that and I think I'm constantly unpacking things like that every day and also just trying to adjust my behavior of noticing hey I want to move this angle so that it's more flattering or so that I don't see this part of my body that I don't like and it's like when I'm looking back at that home footage like if anything I feel like I'll be proud to see my stretch marks and I'll be proud to see all these reminders of of where I'm at now and I don't know. I just, I think it is something where it affects your everyday and it's a constant journey, at least for me. I don't, that reminds me of, okay, I don't know if you have the
1: same thing, but I feel like I am way more critical on my current self than I am on my past self. Like Mm -hmm. I would never look at an old home video of me from a year ago and be like, ew, look at my stomach or my thighs look this way. But I would be way more likely to think that at my current body. And I don't, like, why do we do that? Like Why are we so critical on, like, our current selves, but we grant so much more, like, kindness to our past selves?
0: I don't know. I think – I mean, I've had that thought a lot. I think I I also struggle with body dysmorphia, and so I think that's kind of a big part of it, too, for me personally. But I think – I think I almost see my past self as a different person and I would never think those negative things about a different person. Like I would never look at a picture of you and be (laughs) like, oh, her arm should look this way or her hair looks this way. And I think that once a certain amount of time passes, I kind of give my past self the liberty that I give to others, which is really unfortunate and something I definitely need to work on. Um, But I think for me personally, it might be that that person seems a little disconnected and I think I tend to look back on my past self a lot more lovingly than I do on my current self because I think with my current self it's like oh well I could change that yeah like even with my behavior not even talking about like my physical being of if, I, if I'm not being super proactive or if I'm not reaching out to friends or I'm being like a slacker when it comes to work or whatever it is, I feel like I'm harder on myself now because it's like, well, if you're recognizing that negative quality, why don't you change it, right. you know? And so I think it's that kind of rewiring of your brain of realizing that your body doesn't have a negative quality and you should just let it be what it is. Right. And take care but of like, it. imagine if we
1: treated our current selves with the same kindness that we show our past selves and like other people that that would, that be, would be like next
0: level perfect world.
1: <laughs> like I I can't tell you how many times I've stumbled a- across an old photo where I remember the headspace I was in at that time and being like oh delete that photo I hate the way I look and looking at it now and being like I looked fine. Why did I ever think there was something wrong with the way I looked in this photo And like, I just wish, and I think I'm getting better at it now, of course, because I think I'm always improving on my body positive journey, but how I wish that I could just look at my
0: current self in that same way all the time. Yeah Yeah. I mean I have the same thing as I'm sure many people listening to this do. I think for me a big thing in pregnancy was that people often told me that I didn't look as pregnant as I was and I think that I gained a lot of weight in my face and my arms and my legs and just kind of everywhere but I didn't have I think even at like nine months I didn't have that like picture perfect like round belly that you see a lot of people rocking and so I mean there were times when I was pregnant where I'd like post a picture on Instagram and then I'd immediately archive it because I was like I don't look pregnant I just don't look like me and I think that mentality is so effed up and like I just I I hope that if I ever am lucky enough to get pregnant again that I'll, I'll realize that no matter how my body is changing it's it's changing for the better and i think i mean even just on social media i feel like the representation of pregnant women is a lot of women who wear like crop tops and have a belly that has no stretch marks on it and it's perfectly round and high and <laughs> they just are like glowing with like perfect hair and and for me that's not what pregnancy was mm-hmm. you know and and so i think that a lot of times i found myself wearing big sweaters and trying just not to look pregnant because I didn't think I looked pregnant enough, which is so stupid. <laughs> and and I think that, I don't know, I think that that's something that I look back on and I wish that I had taken more bump pictures because I think at the time I didn't feel like my bump was enough of a bump, which sounds so stupid now that I'm <laughs> out of that stage. But truly, I feel like I probably only have maybe five pictures of me with my hand on my stomach and most of my pregnant pictures I'm wearing like oversized sweaters and I just kind of look like me right regular you know that's so interesting and I and I would venture to guess
1: that you look back on those and of course wouldn't say oh I didn't look pregnant enough because now enough time has passed that you view that as like a past version of Skylar
0: (gasps) well and I think I think I look back on it and I think that's stupid and no matter what I look like in that picture like I should just be proud of it but also I look back and I'm like I look very pregnant (laughs) like I don't know why I had this like anxiety of people knowing that I was pregnant I think that maybe it's some like deeply ingrained hatred towards my own stomach or you know I feel like there's probably a lot to unpack there um But like I remember even we took family photos when I was maybe like six months pregnant. And we like walked up to the photographer and I was like hey just so you know I'm very pregnant. So I would like to have my hand on my stomach in the photo. Like I don't want to just stand straight on. And it's like if we're looking back at those photos everyone's going to remember I was pregnant. And also even if they didn't it doesn't matter. Right? (laughs) Like it's just I don't know I think it's. It's crazy how at every stage in a woman's life, I feel like there are different things to to kind of be insecure about. And I was, I think, kind of shocked at some of the things that came about in pregnancy.
1: I think what you said specifically about like there being this one type of pregnant that is kind of accepted is so interesting. Because only a couple weeks after I found out I was pregnant, I remember Googling like, at what week will I start showing or like what does it look like to be eight weeks pregnant or like these different things and every time it was like the very same not even just like a thin person but the same proportioned person carrying at the same position and so Mm -hmm. then I started googling like plus size pregnancy at eight weeks and like these different things because I just had never seen a woman my size eight weeks pregnant or ten weeks pregnant or six months pregnant. And it's it's such a weird thing to unpack because women of all sizes get pregnant. But I do think there's this very specific idea of like what a pregnant person looks like, which is like thin. The only part of their body that's grown is their stomach, maybe their boobs a little bit. They're wearing like a form-fitting top, looking Mm -hmm. down, holding their bump, which is carrying in like a certain position. And it's so interesting to think about because pregnancy is such a different experience for so many people.
0: Well even I think you were the one that told me that a lot of times maternity models are just regular models that wear a fake bump. Okay I found out about this. I was at the Hollister shoot um,
1: and one of the producers on the shoot was pregnant. She was like think eight months pregnant or something it was so funny because she reminded me of you because she was like the main producer on the shoot and had her headset on and a clipboard and was you know like running around coordinating everything but I remember I was talking to her and I was like oh my gosh I was like you are like connected in the photography business and you're like perfectly pregnant and you're like so bubbly you should be like a maternity model and she was like oh do you not know that like 99% of maternity models are not pregnant and I was like wait what and she's like yeah It's just easier for them to... Because they want the woman woman to still look like a typical model, but to have this perfectly sized bump. So instead of finding a woman who's pregnant at that exact time in the exact look that they want, it's easier just to find a standard model and slap a fake bump on her. Which I feel like I looked at maternity advertisements totally differently after that.
0: Oh, totally. I mean... I I remember even looking at some of my relatives and like going back on their Facebook like 5 years to see what they looked like when they were pregnant because I think that I I have like very a very similar body type to them and I've always had pretty big boobs <laughs> and like it's something that has like not only like caused me back pain and all sorts of things but it's also something that I've been very self-conscious about growing up because I had a pretty thin figure and then I had big boobs and so especially in like middle school when no one else really had that body type around me I didn't know how to dress and I didn't know anything and so I remember going back and trying to search out being like <laughs> I know that these relatives have the same body type <laughs> as me genetically so like what did they look like at their baby shower what did they wear to their baby shower like I need some sort of inspiration because That's not Pinterest <laughs> yeah you know and I also think that, at least in, like, all the bump photos I saw, everyone always just had their belly out. Like, it was always just, like, their skin out. And I think for me, I I don't think I'm even at a place now, and I don't think I was, especially at that time where... I would like, I mean, I think if you look on my Instagram, I don't think I've ever posted like a bikini picture. Like that's just, (laughs) that's not the level of confidence that I'm at and hopefully someday I'll get there. But the idea of doing that when I was so pregnant and like double insecure was just really hard. And so I remember Googling and going on Pinterest and being like, bump update with clothes on. (laughs) Like, like, Like bump update, not naked, you know? Fully clothed bump date. (laughs) (laughs) Just morph suit bump date. (laughs) But but yeah, I mean obviously, and these are things that hopefully will change in my next pregnancy and in life. But I think part of like being honest and talking about body positivity is talking about us not being perfect in it. And you know, I think everyone goes through that. I remember
1: talking to Carrie about that like maybe six months ago. We went out to lunch one day. And we were both talking about like talking online about when the times when we're not feeling body positive and just how freeing it is to be open about the fact that like I am not 100% confident 100% of the time. And it is so much better for me to be honest about that than to be this person who is just fake confident all the time. I think for me like it's very freeing to be like on the days where I actually do feel 100% confident and want to rock a crop top or a bikini. Like showing that online but then also showing the times where I'm like yep not feeling it today. I was feeling insecure or I'm still working on embracing this aspect of my body. I think has been I just feel so much more relaxed about myself. And just giving myself the the freedom and the time to say it's okay to be insecure today. And it's okay to not fully love your stomach.
0: Totally and I I think for me a big thing that's helped is trying to find representation of like I personally had never had stretch marks before I was pregnant and I now have a ton and I mean I have them on my stomach, I have them on my legs, I feel like I just I have them on my hips, I have them all over and I think that when I was like looking up maternity stretch marks I saw like very faint ones on the stomach but I never saw pregnant women who got stretch marks on their legs or on their hips or you know yeah. and I think that I, I started following a couple pages and even just I feel like once you're looking for something your eye finds it more Um of just people that have stretch marks all over and I think that that's really really helped me of not feeling like I'm alone and I mean a lot of times in like the postpartum community they're called tiger stripes and all sorts of other like cute names and I think that that's really helped me to not feel like I don't know not feel like I I don't even know what the words are cuz it's it's something where like logically I understand why I have stretch marks and I understand that my skin doesn't look any better or worse with them But I think it's just like hardwiring in my brain of like my relatives saying bad things about themselves when they had stretch marks or when they had cellulite, or I don't know. I I just think it's a deeply ingrained thing for me. And so, kind of trying to like rewire that, I feel like finding representation and finding people that also are in similar bodies has really helped me. I think that's one of
1: the reasons that representation is so important is because, I mean, there are so many reasons, but just like what you were saying of being able to look at someone who has stretch marks like you and think think and say positive things about them even when you can't say that about yourself. And I think that's helped mm-hmm. me a lot of following other plus-size women with similar proportions to me and being able to, like, I'll see their photo on my feed and be like, oh my gosh, of course she looks beautiful. Oh my gosh, she looks amazing. And then being able to think, okay, well, I think that about her, so why can't I think that about myself? And I think that's one of the reasons that, like, following people who – are maybe, like, a step ahead in their body positive journey where they're posting photos of their stretch marks or their stomach or this and that, and you're able to look at that and be like, oh, I also look like this, and they are embracing that, and they are happy with that, so I
0: should also feel that way. Well, and I think, I mean, we're talking about body positivity, but I think that can also be just applied to every aspect of your life. Yeah. Of, I think, like, now that I'm a mom, and I mean, especially in quarantine, but... I think I'm not traveling the world in like a bikini and I'm not doing all these things. And at one time I was, you know, and I'm very fortunate for that time. And I'm very fortunate for the time that I'm at now, but I feel a lot more empowered and I feel a lot happier when I look at my phone and I see other people who are in similar places in life to me. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I like learning about, learning about people who are different from me, obviously, but I think that knowing that other people are also at home on their couch changing diapers and not everyone is on like a Grecian vacation just like perfectly tanned and glowing all the time has really helped and I think even just like for the fun aspect of it like I remember being engaged and following a bunch of other people who are engaged and like looking at all the wedding planning content and, and so I feel like that can just kind of be widespread into every area of your life. I think that also kind of brings up the question of like inspiration versus
1: aspiration of like Mm -hmm. following someone who's inspirational as like following someone who's in a similar place in life to you and you feel like you connect with them and you would also like to be like some aspect of them or their life or you feel inspired by it versus aspirational is like this is a lifestyle that is so different from mine, but I would like mine to be like that potentially. And I think that's, I used to follow more aspirational accounts and now I follow more inspirational. And I think that's just greatly
0: bettered my life and my view on myself. Totally. I mean, I think that the only people who I follow who fall into that, like, aspirational category aren't even people where I would want their life anymore. It's more just, like, the interest of it. It's entertaining to watch
1: people who are living such a different life than you.
0: Totally. And, I mean, I think that it was kind of the reversed when I was, like in early college or in high school and I would follow all these like mommy bloggers and think like oh someday like someday I'll have a condo <laughs> like, someday I'll not be eating top ramen for every meal and, you know and and I think that I don't know it it doesn't always have to be these like beautiful travel bloggers that are your like aspirational people I think that I don't know but I do think that you can fall into kind of a trap with that of then feeling like your life is less than because you're not there or feeling like you're constantly waiting to get there Mm -hmm. um and I feel like a lot of times that makes people not live in the present yeah
1: I think a lot of my life or at least my like teenage life was waiting for this next thing of I will be happy when X and a lot of those were tied to my body but some of those were also just tied to like my life of telling myself Mm -hmm. I'll be happy when I lose this amount of weight or I'll be happy when I go to college or I'll be happy when I move out instead of just being like how can I make myself more happy right now? And Skylar and I were talking about that when we were FaceTiming the other day of I feel like one of my biggest breakthroughs in this quarantine has just been understanding that there's a lot of things in my life and just in the world right now that I can't control. But every morning waking up and trying to identify the things that I can control to make my day better. And so waking up and saying, okay, I can't control the fact that I can't see my family, which I would love to be able to see right now, but what I can control is calling them. And what I can control is making sure I get some exercise because I'll feel better. And getting my work done early in the day so that I have the entire evening to relax and unwind and like just kind of making it a priority to say what can I do right now to make myself happier versus like oh my gosh when this quarantine finally ends I'll be so happy because X, Y,
0: Z. Oh absolutely. I think, I think you saying that when we were talking was kind of a breakthrough for me too if yeah. i just i think that message can really resonate with a lot of people um and i i think too a lot of times when you're making those decisions it's helpful at least for me personally to think like of me in the future looking back at current me yeah. of like even the other day i was doing yoga And uh, like one of the recommended videos was like yoga for weight loss. And then it was like versus yoga for relaxation. And I almost clicked on the weight loss one. And there's nothing like inherently evil about that. Like they're both yoga workouts. And it's not like one would have sent me into like a crazy spiral. Um, But I just like had to actively make the decision and be like no. My goal for this workout isn't to lose my postpartum weight my goal is to like relax and unwind while kyle takes our child for a walk and setting that intention yeah and i I think it's a lot of little decisions because i think it can be tempting when you see things like that to be like oh well like maybe i should do yoga for weight loss and it's like no that's that's not where we're at today like we we don't need to be working out to lose weight like that's That's not where I'm at. I'm working out to feel better, to de-stress, to to take time for myself. Yeah. And so I think that it is like making those active decisions all throughout your day.
1: Yeah. I think one of the hard things too is it sometimes feels like it's just like fully one side or the other where it's either like you're in control of your destiny and your happiness is your responsibility. You can – you got to choose happiness which I – I cannot stand that rhetoric because there are so many things in people's lives that they cannot control. And so I just, I, I don't subscribe to the idea that you can choose happiness. I subscribe to the idea that you can choose certain things to try and improve your situation. But like, I am sitting here in a very privileged position where the most difficult things in my life are not being able to see my family and, you know, wanting to be pregnant and not versus there's so many people who are in such more difficult situations i just feel like it's it would be so hypocritical of me to say everyone can choose happiness see look at me i'm so happy and so i think but i also don't think it needs to be the full other side of like well my situation sucks and so there's nothing i can do about it i do think there can be like an in between of like there okay what's out of my control what's in my control let me assess what I can do to try and make this day a little bit better. So I feel like it's it's one of those things where it's important to find that middle ground, but it can
0: sometimes be hard to. Yeah, and I mean, I think now we're talking more about like general mel- mental health than body positivity, but I think sure. it can be applied to both. I know for me personally, I have a list of things that make me feel better when I do them. Just like all the time, like these things make me feel better. And so like even yesterday, I had a really big mental breakdown and I probably haven't cried like that in quite a while. Mm. And Kyle was like, okay, I'm going to take Milo on a walk and you do your things. And so I like looked at my list. I was feeling like so down and out, but I was like, you know what? These things will make me feel better. So I like put on my diffuser. I picked up the house. I started laundry. I took a shower. I did yoga. I did all these things. And then by the end of it, I felt a lot better. And that's not to say that like my anxiety was cured or that I wasn't sad at all anymore or whatever. But I think a lot of times when you get into that headspace, having like a list of action items that are like tried and true, like turning on Dodie always makes me feel better <laughs> even if it's just a little like just even a little bit I'm still better. crying it's like a little bit less crying a little bit more of know? like a happy cry <laughs> yeah and so i think i think for me recognizing the things that i can do for my body to make me feel better about it the things that i can do just for my headspace to make me feel better and having that list that i can consult like on my phone is really helpful because i think sometimes when i get into that negative spot i can't i'm not motivated like To go do my laundry right when i'm like sobbing on my bed i'm not like oh better get up and throw my clothes (laughs) in the washer but like looking at my list and being like time and time again this helps me let's do that and then by the end i always feel at least a little bit better and more proactive and i think
1: that takes wanting to feel better and wanting to get out of that headspace Which Mm -hmm. I remember being in high school and my therapist having me write a list like that of like things to do to get out of my headspace and like me being depressed and crying and my mom being like, okay, let's do some of these things on this list to get you feeling better and me being like, but I don't want to feel better. I want to wallow in this. I'm sad. And I think a big part of growing up is realizing that you have to decide to do those things to get better. And in that sense, I guess I would say happiness as a choice even though I hate that rhetoric but you are you have to choose to do those things that will get you out of that headspace you have to choose to get up and take a shower and do your laundry and yeah that's not going to fix everything but you're actively trying to be better and I think that also relates back to body positivity in that you have to actively try to be more body positive and to be more confident and I think that's something that at least for me took a really long time to understand that like it's not just gonna happen I'm not just gonna wake up one day and be super confident that I have to actively intentionally try and make an effort to change my mindset in order for to, in order to actually make
0: progress totally I mean I think that I think that it's like a million little choices and I, I also I want to emphasize that neither of us think that mental health is, like, a joke. No. Or that, like, your body positivity journey isn't something to be taken seriously. I think I speak for both of us and we understand that there are chemical imbalances. And sometimes you won't be able to consult your list and get up and do it. Um, but if you, if you are able to, I think that it really helps. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that body positivity is – Very similar to mental health and like you were saying it's a million little choices and kind of for me it's like recognizing bad patterns that I have and trying to break them of like in the beginning of me and Kyle's relationship I used to sleep with a bra on every (laughs) night. Like an underwire padded like Victoria's Secret style bra because I was like self-conscious about having big boobs and like I don't think a guy would really care about that or whoever your partner is but for me personally I wasn't at that place yet where I felt comfortable wearing like loose comfy pajamas like I would wear like a tight tank top and leggings and like a padded bra which is bonkers looking back on it (laughs) um but like nowadays if I'm like feeding Milo and then I have to go take him to do a diaper change a lot of the times I'll be like fumbling to put my bra back on and trying to like get presentable to like go change his diaper And I have to constantly remind myself, like, I just fed this human, like, off of my boobs. And the only other person in my house is my husband who watched me give birth and doesn't (laughs) give a crap. And so, like, I can just go take him to change his diaper and, like, not have my robe fully situated. Yeah. Like, I don't have to feel self-conscious walking from my bedroom to his room to change his diaper. Right. That's a fine thing. But that's something I have to actively tell myself of, like, right now you looking like quote-unquote presentable is not what's the most important right what's the most important is taking care of your baby taking care of yourself like and and i think it's it's little decisions like that that end up rewiring your brain and making so that a pattern n- exactly so that now i i don't think of that every time i get up whereas in the beginning i did you know right. and, and I think it's because i kind of set myself on that positive trajectory and that's why I think sometimes
1: I, I do think it can be good to like give yourself a little push and force yourself a little bit to get that pattern started where like I remember the first time I filmed a swimsuit video for my channel I was so insecure I almost didn't do it and then once I did I was like oh cool this isn't that scary and it's fine and I think there's this part of our brains that we have to kind of like sometimes push a little bit to realize the world doesn't end if you don't fix your robe before you go change his diaper. And the world's not going to end if I film a swimsuit video and I don't have a flat stomach. And I think yeah. some, like I think in some ways a lot of the videos that I have filmed that are just silly of me like trying crazy fashion Nova clothes or trying this have kind of like proved to myself that like the world isn't going to end if I wear a skin tight jumpsuit that I feel insecure in. It's fine. And it's okay if I feel a little bit insecure. And that kind of teaches myself that like – it's not a big deal and it's not that scary even though we work it up in our heads as like the world will end if you don't sleep in a padded bra
0: yeah I mean I remember kind of a breakthrough moment for me was when I was planning for my wedding I had a week in which one of my relatives referred to their ankles as cankles and was like complaining about how much they hate their fat ankles and was talking about how like they wish there were ankle workouts but like <laughs> no such thing exists what will I ever do about my fat ankles and then literally that same week I was with another relative and they were talking about their like skinny chicken ankles and were because I always like wear my jeans like kind of high up like high waters and they were talking about how like they could never wear their jeans like that because then they would show the world their ankles and how embarrassing is that and i was like these are two women who are both complaining about their ankles on both sides of the spectrum like like no one can be happy like i i just i had this breakthrough moment of being like i feel so bad for both of these women and i identify with those women there have been plenty of times where i like pick apart little parts of my body and you know fixate on them but it was just this kind of like interesting hypocrisy to see these two women who are both stunningly beautiful amazing humans amazing mothers complain about these minute parts of their bodies in totally opposite ways it's like so then do you only fit the standard of beauty if you're like (laughs) in this weird like quote-unquote regular ankle cat like what even is a regular ankle right (laughs) you know right and And so I think sorry go ahead no you can go
1: Oh, I was just going to say I think there are a lot of times, at least for me, where now that I'm in a more body positive headspace, I'm more aware of when people around me say those things that are like really – it seems so simple to someone who is in that still headspace of overanalyzing their ankles – But to me now that I'm kind of out of that I'm able to look back at those things and be like wow that really would have like would have made me overanalyze my body at a different point in my journey and when I was younger and I'll notice now you know relatives saying things like oh if we want to go on that beach vacation I better start getting into bikini shape and it's like wait whoa whoa hold on back when I was like 13 I would have just thought oh yeah me too if I'm going to go on this beach vacation I need to lose X amount of weight. But now I'm able to look at that and be like wait hold on that and of course I I don't like actually calling people out in person but in my brain just being like wait you realize that you're saying that you need to lose weight so that you can wear a swimsuit but you could just wear a swimsuit now and if you wanted to lose weight maybe make that about health instead about a specific date in time and wanting to look a certain way aesthetically for that time which I think I was a huge breakthrough for me probably two or three years ago, like before I got married, where I realized the idea of wanting to lose weight for a specific event was so ridiculous. But I had lived my whole life of being, I need to lose X amount of weight before homecoming or I need to look this way before I get engaged or before I do that and time boxing what I need to look like and realizing that like if, if you're saying that you need to lose a certain amount of weight for an event, that is completely acknowledging
0: that it's about aesthetics and not health yeah well and I mean I think especially for me the kind of kicker was the wedding of I I think that I've been in a very body negative headspace a lot in my life but I remember when I was planning my wedding I I would straight up not argue but like be argumentative with relatives when we would talk about that topic of being like I want to look back at the pictures and I want to look like me. Yeah. Like what I I truly like I don't I don't understand this idea of like I lose all this weight for aesthetics and then I gain it back right after. So that in those like couple pictures I look a certain way. Like, and then just you never look like that again.
1: And so your yeah. wedding is just this version of you that you never really were. And you just wanted to be for your wedding. I can't tell you how many people I had tell me they wanted to lose weight for my wedding. Oh what? same. What? You're not getting married? Mm-hmm. And what, what? why Why do you need to lose weight for
0: my wedding? Yeah, I mean, I literally had people who weren't even in my bridal party or anything tell me that. Yeah, same. And I was like, you're maybe going to be in, like, one dancing picture. <laughs> like, I... What? Like, and, it, yeah. and then it makes you feel like if this rando, <laughs> like, is <laughs> trying to lose weight and doing, like, 80-day ab obsession or whatever for my wedding, like, am I wrong that and I'm not? eating pizza the night before? You yeah. know? And it's like, no. You're not wrong. <laughs> like, you're fine. Eat your pizza, girl.
1: You know? Am, I'm so glad I didn't try to, like, lose weight for my wedding or anything like that. Because I, first of all, I was really happy and, like, fueled on my wedding day. I ate, like, a big bowl of quinoa and veggies right before I walked down the aisle. I had, like, pasta the night before. Like, I, I had the full dinner at, like, our actual wedding. And I didn't care. I didn't think about it. And also, I think... It, I look back at those photos and I look like me and I don't look like some version of myself that I had to perfect for my wedding day. Like I I look like me, Stephen looks like Stephen and I'm glad because I was able to enjoy the lead up to my wedding without it being like a, a countdown to this certain size I was supposed to be.
0: Totally. Well, and I think for me personally, I mean I'm also – in a postpartum period right now and I feel like I got pregnant pretty soon after my wedding and I also stopped wearing hair extensions and kind of a lot of things change. So I don't think I necessarily, like me right now doesn't necessarily look like me on my wedding day, but I looked like how I did at that time. So I don't right. look back at that and think like, oh, that's an inaccurate representation or oh, like I can't believe that's what I looked like. You know, it's like, no, that I know that's what I looked like. I wore hair extensions every day. I like that's that was my style. That was my everything. And even if I don't look like that three months postpartum, it I might never get back there. And it doesn't matter if I do or if I don't. It's the idea that I look back at those pictures and that's what I looked like when I got engaged. That's what I looked like at my bachelorette party. Like that was me and I wasn't working towards right like a certain aesthetic, if that makes sense. Yeah, and
1: I think you know bodies change our hair changes our appearance changes our face changes and I think like looking back on photos we're always going to look a little bit different than we do now but I think what you said is so important of like that is an accurate representation of what I looked like at the time and I can look back at my wedding photos and remember like the happiness that I felt in those moments instead of like the dissatisfaction or satisfaction at my appearance like I wasn't thinking about that.
0: Well, and also, I mean, I don't know about you. I think I have two wedding pictures framed in my house. And, like, for a while, my background on my phone was my wedding picture. And, like, I'll look back every once in a while to get sentimental. But I think, especially with your wedding, there's so much buildup of, like... These pictures are like the defining pictures that your grandchildren are going to look back on, you know? And it's like, maybe my grandkids will look at the pictures once. Yeah. You know? like And they're not going to be analyzing my weight. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's such a silly idea. And I think especially when it comes to things like prom or homecoming or graduation or whatever, like, I literally never look at those pictures. They certainly aren't framed in my home. It doesn't matter what I looked like in my ninth grade, like (laughs) dance dress, you know? And I think I put such emphasis on that. And not only for the occasion, but for the pictures that were going to be taken. And I think it's important to kind of have the perspective of first of all, no one's looking at you as analytical as you're looking at yourself, but also that like these pictures won't mean everything forever. And if I think also it, it's it's important to
1: acknowledge like at what cost did you change your appearance for that event or for those photos? I, I know there have been times in my life where I was so consumed in my appearance that I didn't even enjoy the occasion that I was trying to make my appearance look a certain way for. Like I don't remember my freshman year homecoming and like having fun. I remember me being so obsessed with my wanting to look thinner and wanting to look a certain way. And I have a relative who is very consumed in changing their appearance and, you know, always seeking and chasing thinness that they miss out on a lot of really important occasions that they're trying to look thin for because they're so invested in trying to get this certain appearance instead of like what they're actually wanting that appearance to look a certain way for. Like they're thinking about, I wanna lose X amount of weight for this person's wedding instead of I wanna go to that wedding and enjoy it. And I think a lot gets lost in translation when we get so, so fixated on our appearance that we don't even focus on the event that it's for.
0: Totally. And I think it's important to try and educate people and help people but also I think, especially when it comes to older relatives, a lot of times people are just kind of stuck in their ways and they can make progress But not letting the things that other people say trigger you. Yeah. And I mean, even like right before quarantine happened, we went over to a certain relative's house and they were talking about how they haven't really been eating and saying like, oh, I've been working out so much. Look at my thin legs. Look at this. Look at that. And we got in the car afterwards and I was like, I am really glad that I'm not in a sensitive space and then I can recognize like I don't need to compare myself to that person like I'm I'm not in competition with that person like them being in this headspace has nothing to do with me I don't need to suddenly start like working out all the time and focusing on like how thin or not my legs are um and I think kind of having that separation of okay that's where they're at I would love to help them get to a healthier place or a. whatever place but for now that's who they are and I'm not gonna let that negative impact like negatively impact me or impact my day or my life yeah
1: oh absolutely I feel like I had to I had to get to a certain place in my journey where I can say I'm gonna do my best to just say positive things about myself in front of that person in hopes that it rubs off on them But it is not my responsibility to fix this person's relationship with their body. And so sometimes I think like you said you know sometimes especially with older relatives like it just seems like they're never gonna change the way that they think and the way that they talk about themselves and others. And then sometimes I get DMs from women in their like 70s and 60s and 80s who are like I just found your channel and it changed the way I thought about my body and I spent my whole life, you know, thinking this way. And I'm like, maybe there is hope. Maybe I just, maybe I do need to talk more about body positivity with my older relatives because maybe they can, you know, change the way that they think about
0: themselves. Totally. I mean, I I remember... Maybe it was after we filmed the Body Positivity podcast or maybe it was just a regular podcast where we were talking about everything. I had a relative call me who I didn't even know listened to the podcast. And they were like, I have never thought about using my body and like appreciating it for like being able to go on walks with my kids or being able to like walk around Disneyland for the day or like all of these things that they were able to do because of their body. And they had never thought, to appreciate that they yeah. had only ever been like exercising to kind of punish their body or change it. And not just to like maintain their level of health and ability. And they had like a total breakthrough moment just because Aww. we had talked about that for like five minutes, you know? And so I think different things click with different people. And I think that there is, there is hope. for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I do think that sometimes it, I found myself trying to, like, quote, unquote, fix older relatives a lot of being like, hey, (laughs) you don't need to lose weight before we go on this vacation. Like, you're perfect the way you are or... You don't need to like skip out on dessert like you don't need to do this and I think sometimes I would get exacerbated because I would be trying so hard and it just wouldn't be working. So like know that if that's your situation you aren't the problem.
1: Yeah and it's also not your responsibility to fix the people in your life who aren't body positive positive. and sometimes I think the most impactful thing that we can do is just speaking kindly about ourselves and that can sometimes change the way someone views themselves more so than actually calling out a specific thing a person says or does, but instead just showing yourself kindness, I think, can be really, really impactful. I completely agree. Did you have anything else <sighs> written down that you wanted to, or in your brain that you wanted to touch
0: on? Um, I don't think so. I feel like I feel like we've had a really good chat. Yeah, I feel like this was like kind of a good like. Friend, big sis
1: chat. I know. I had one more thing. Um, and it was another thing with my dietician, which working with a Mm -hmm. dietician in general has just kind of like changed my view of like food in such a positive way. But one of my favorite things about working with her and that I think just kind of changed the way I think of weight, um, is whenever we're making a specific change to my diet, she'll usually phrase it like, This change could potentially cause you to gain slash lose weight, whatever it is. Are you okay with that? And asking me that beforehand, I think is so, and phrasing it like that too. I think a lot of the times we view weight loss as always a positive thing. And I really appreciate that whether it's gaining or losing, she'll say, hey, just, you know, you know, this change that we're making, adding more dairy to your diet could potentially cause you to gain weight. Are you okay with that? And this change that we're making by cutting out this thing from your diet or adding this thing could potentially cause your body to lose weight. Are you okay with that? And I think that just has been so – like just having that like I, – I guess that moment of like her not saying, oh, this will be great. It's going to make you lose weight. Or okay, just warning you. It might make you gain weight. Like it's just very neutral either way has yeah. been very positive for me because I think my whole – like teenage years every time I was put on like a different medication or made some sort of lifestyle change it was always phrased like oh well some people don't like taking this medication because it might make you gain weight so like just make sure you exercise a lot or oh and you're going to love this medication because it also might make you lose weight and I just really appreciate the like neutrality in the way she asks that.
0: Yeah I think that's so awesome. I I do feel like my perspective on food and like nutrition has shaped and like changed a lot throughout my pregnancy and postpartum journey of I mean that could be like a whole podcast in itself but I think kind of the footnotes of it are like realizing that my body actually does need food for nutrition and I feel like a lot of times growing up I would eat like cheese instead of Diet Coke and be like cool (laughs) I'm still functioning like yeah like we're you know and it, it wasn't always like in in an effort to lose weight, I was eating poorly. It was just like I eating always came secondary to my lifestyle. And I think realizing through pregnancy, like I was giving life to another human. And now with breastfeeding, it's like I'm taking care of this other human and he needs me to eat X amount of calories so that I can provide for him. I feel like it's really taught me a good lesson in that like Sometimes even if I'm not hungry, I just need to eat food for nutrition and like to keep my energy up. And I I'm really excited to kind of carry that into like my post-breastfeeding journey and realizing that like I can just eat good food for me. Yeah. And like I I can just be hydrated for me in my body. Cause I think I never really valued myself at that level and mm. and then all of a sudden I valued my son at this like crazy high level. And so Obviously, I've been taking care of myself way better than I ever have. But now it's taught me that I deserve that, you know. And that's such
1: a deep-rooted thing of of you only wanting to take care of yourself because it's for someone else in that Mm -hmm. it's for Milo. And learning to value fueling your body and drinking water and doing those things for you. And I think you're such a giver. Of course, you're going to take care of yourself when it's for someone else. And I think it it's such a breakthrough to realize that like you are valuable to put effort and time and whatever else into because of you and not because of someone else is so important.
0: Totally. So I just really resonated with what you said. But I mean, I think that's all for me. I feel like this yeah. was a great chat. My camera
1: actually also just died. So perfect oh. time to wrap up. <laughs> But I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. And let us know down in the comments if you've had any recent breakthroughs on your body positivity journey and just your life journey in general, mental health and physical health and everything.
0: But I really enjoyed having this conversation with you, Skye. Aww, I I really enjoyed having this conversation (laughs) with you. And I I hope that someone listening is able to take away a new lesson from it and hopefully just learn to love themselves a little bit more me too all right well we will see you guys next monday have a good week
1: (laughs) bye bye